Josh and Jay back with another fantastic edition of the America is Blue podcast. Here to talk about another disappointing 2-2 result at Stanford Bridge against bottom-dwelling Nottingham Forest. Hopefully we'll shake the funk off and get back to our regular selves next season, but at least we know we're not getting relegated. Uh, Jay, you know the deal here. Let's uh, go to you for the first word on another uh, lackluster performance and a disappointing result. I'll start with the positives. I mean, we had some decent spells of play. Like the the, the first, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 minutes of the second half, I actually thought we looked relatively good. Um, it was really just shocking. The two goals that we gave up, there's no reason why either one of those should have been scored. And um, it leads me to believe a lot of the same things that we've talked about that it seems like there's a lot of guys here who are just checked out and I can't blame them. There's, there's just no reason for you to be sandwiched between three players um, or have three guys in the area who should be covering the target man and to have balls just squirt through. So it was disappointing that we gave up the first goal. There was no explanation as to why that should have happened. We showed some grit. We came back, we scored two and then to not put that away. And I think Frank Lampard said it best after the games that we just don't have enough killers on this team to really just go out there and put another one past them so that they're just downtrodden and send them home. And then we let them back into it a couple of minutes later. So disappointing, but listen, there's, there's better things to look forward to. No, I, 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 I'm with that. It's just when you see a lot of possession again and us not making anything real out of it, it just seemed like we were just knocking the ball around. No real mm, killer instinct, like Frank said just knocking the ball around the park in non-dangerous areas. And Forrest was able to you know, get behind the ball and be relatively comfortable. They didn't seem to cause a lot of danger. There didn't seem to be a super high level of urgency when we came out, which is also a little disappointing. Uh, you know, the first half just seemed to be a little lackluster. Everybody was still, I don't know, knocking the dust off. Um, you know, Mendy obviously coming in off the bench, not in, you know, full match fitness and full match form. And that definitely showed and Forrest was able to just create some chaos, uh, muck things up a little bit, and we just weren't prepared to deal with it. Uh, and, you know, again, it's uh, the same old story, but uh, this is what we are right now. We're the 11th place side in the Premier League. We played like it, and uh, the results are, are showing as such, and I guess we can't really expect much more out of this group, and I think we're maxed for, for where we're at right now, but... Hopefully we can uh, cobble together a few more results as we move forward for the rest of the season. I, I mean, that, that feels like wishful thinking. I mean, the remainder of our schedule is against teams that have things to play for. You know, we came out against Bournemouth and we looked better. Um, I think once we kind of just got over the entire, uh, what's, oh my God, relegation. Hello, English relegation battle. Once we got out of that and we made sure that we were clear to go into next season, you're right. I, I, there was one of two ways that this was going to go. Either guys were going to rest on their laurels because they had nothing really to play for anymore, legitimately, and we came out that way because the first 45 minutes were, for the most part, complete shit. We're out um, like that's, that's or, the part. Or they, you know, or they you, build up, and they didn't, they, they didn't build on it. 40,000 reasons to play well, and that's the part that still disappoints me. And being a, a fan of this club, you still expect the guys to go out there and be professional. And uh, we're just not we're not seeing as much of that as as, as you would hope. Um, and there there is no buts. Uh, you know, Raheem Sterling played great in the second half. and We'll get into it. But I thought he looked like dog shit in the first half. 
Kova looked yeah. terrible. Of, uh, and, you know, unfortunately, he went off injured, and we'd never want that. And Kova's been an amazing servant to the club. We'll talk about him a little bit more later, but there just wasn't enough juice. In the midfield, I saw Enzo was running around with his typical energy. Uh, I thought Noni was very pedestrian, especially in the first half. Nobody just wanted to get in there and put a dagger in somebody's throat and, quite frankly, take the take the game by the throat and hopefully try to put them away early. But getting that gut punched, at least we did show a little bit of character uh, scratching back. But uh, when we gave up that first goal, it, you know, my my booster shot and my immunity from us being shitheads kicked in and I didn't even react. It just seemed to be like a typical usual form for us. And uh, once you uh, once that die is cast, sometimes it's hard to get out of the mold. Uh, and we're, we're just uh, kind of sailing along in the same boat at this point. Hopefully we can uh, try to kick up a little bit more of a current. And look, I am optimistic. I really hope that once these guys know now that Mauricio Pasatino is, is in the fold, that you got to start putting some good game film together, as we might say in the United States, talking about American football. Everything's on film. You got to make sure that you're showing up for the new manager and showing that you want to be a part of this squad moving forward and that you have the requisite skill and effort levels to, to make it happen. I mean, logically, everything you just said makes sense. There's not one thing that's happened over the course of the season that's making me think that any of the guys that are on the pitch right now um, are going to use that as motivation. Um there's been plenty of junctures over the course of this one that you would have thought, okay, now's the time to turn it on. Now's the time to go put it out there and to start putting some energy on the field, right? Grand Potter gets sacked. Okay, now's the time. We get back from World Cup. We've had time. We have the injuries. Okay, guys are getting back on the field. We can finally start to piece it together. There were a million moments when this could occur. And again, it was just, we were firing blanks all year. So with a couple of games left, yeah, it would be nice to see these guys liven up you know, put on a good show for the new manager, try to secure their place or, you know, ingratiate themselves to some degree for the future. Um, I don't know. I, I, I've mentally, I'm like them. I've mentally checked out for this season as, as a fan. We got a couple of games left. Let's just get this over with, move on. Cause there are some positive things for us to look forward to. I'm glad we got the new manager. We could start getting excited about what that's going to look like. Uh, what players are going to benefit in that system, who else we need to bring in to fortify it so that he can play his brand of football. All that stuff is great, and we can look forward to that. And then hopefully we are a new team come the beginning of the next season. One thing I do want to point out, because it, it stood out as a as a perfect you know metaphor of the state of the club. Kovacic goes down injured, and he calls on... Ruben Loftus-Cheek, academy boy, been here forever, wasn't ready to get on the pitch. Just wasn't actually ready. Didn't have his socks. Didn't have his have his have his boots ready to go. Didn't have shin guards. And we, you know we played with ten men for an extra couple of minutes because he literally wasn't ready to get on the pitch. And it just speaks to that lack of personal readiness. Nobody had their their gun cleaned and ready to go to combat. There were no Minutemen ready to to jump, you know, at at the at the moment that their name is called. And that just perfectly encapsulates where we're at. Everybody's head is in the clouds, you know, looking here or there. And when Ruben Loftus-Cheek's number was called, he wasn't ready. Literally, literally wasn't ready. So who is? You know, be a professional. Everybody's got to be ready to go at the drop of a hat. And he wasn't. 
And it showed. It's just a perfect, perfect encapsulation of what's been happening to us. So I, I just I couldn't let that go because it, it really did bother me. It really annoyed me because re- regardless of what it is, you're playing at home. You're playing in front of the fans at the bridge. They deserve better. They all talk about how utterly disappointed they've been in their own performances and themselves personally and how they want to put something better out there on the pitch for the fans. Just be better. Be ready. Be thoughtful and mindful. You got none of that. And you got to hold these guys accountable to that. And I think it's just a perfect reflection. It really bothered me. Uh, Dude, I'm with you. I mean, we talk about like the bare minimums. I mean, you would expect that if guys are going to get playing time, that they're going to put out the amount of effort that's required to compete. Uh, You would expect that, you know, you would at the very least have your kid on and you'd be ready to play should you be called upon. Uh, But dude, these guys, they're already on the beach, man. All these guys are on the beach. There may be a handful of players who, you know, there are certain players whose spots are locked up with this team. Um, you know, guys like, like we know Enzo is going to be here. We know that he is a top notch midfielder and he also shows it. I mean, like, I don't think we've ever, we, we, there's been a couple of bad games with Enzo, but I don't think we've ever uh, accused him or seen a performance and come back and been like, man, he just dogged it. He just, he just threw in the towel and wasn't there. The effort's there's a always lot of these, there with that guy. Yeah. Always there. There's a lot of these guys who've just been moping around through the season. They don't know where they stand. They don't know whatever. And I totally get it. And I'm empathetic to the fuck fest that these guys have had to deal with over the course of this season. I mean, I'm sure they're disappointed too. But, dude, they're on vacation already. Man. They're figuring out whether they need to put on SPF 15 or SPF 20 not to burn. That's it. They're done. So my expectations are already in the, in, in the gutter. Um, if we do come out and we do put up a lively performance, I'm shocked at this point. And this is why we are where we are. Uh, there's a lot of good reasons for it. It's also why a new manager has been brought in and somebody who's not a cream puff like Graham Potter, who's actually going to crack the whip and who's actually going to try to get the best out of these guys. And we'll see if that works. Well, and just to not to beat a dead horse, but again, look, look at me. No finish. Me. No finish says that he wants to be here. He wants to be a part of Chelsea. He gets a start. He gets a chance to really start to put his 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 stamp on the team and see how he fits in moving forward. Where the hell was he? Where where was he? Completely pedestrian. Yeah. Let's let's talk about him. I think this is a good place to talk because because this this will probably be the perfect pivot point. I think we you know the game against Forest we can we can leave that alone for now because whatever. This is a great segue into what the future is going to look like because. I'm starting I'm starting to feel more strongly about this. I'm getting closer to your camp where I see a player who's got a lot of technical skill, a lot of flash and a lot of pizzazz, a lot of nutmeggy and not a, 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 you know, a lot of like real quick daft turn. Like he's got a lot in his tool chest, but compared to everybody else that we have out there, that's an attacking threat who we know is already committed long-term. Like, is it really – what amount of money would would Atletico have to come down to for this to be an acceptable purchase? And nowhere near what they're going to be asking for. Nowhere near what they're going to be looking for. And, yeah, I mean, he's he's just – he's so close to being really good. He's so close to being good and being a finisher. But then he's just not. And now we didn't only see it at Atletico. We're seeing it here. Um, 
I'll be I'll be really pissed off if we go ahead and we drop some significant coin on this guy, you know, 80, 90, 100, 100 oh, plus we can't to bring that. him in. We literally can't afford it. Then there's other places of need. So I, I, I'd be very happy to just say thank you for the loan move. There were some exciting moments, but yeah, you're, you're probably a better fit somewhere else. I mean, I don't know if it's because he needs to be playing behind a striker. He needs a real number nine. Uh, is he because he's he's not a false nine to me. I, I think he's more of a number no. 10. But uh, look, it, he, he's he is very, very maddening player to watch because you do you see the flashes. But the the end product, that last ball, uh, you know, the the attempts on on goal, the finishing ha- hasn't been there. It's uh, it's really disappointing. I don't I don't love him. I would not be angry at another loan move for a reasonable price. But making a big purchase and making him permanent, I think, would be a, a big time mistake. I just don't think that he has the the bright lights in him. He is way more off the post than he is in the net, and that's just not the guy that we need. And when Frank talks about killers, I think that that is absolutely correct. I don't see him as a killer. I see him as somebody who might be great in one of the lower leagues or on the continent, but he doesn't have that that Premier League killer instinct. And uh, playing in a tough physical league, him getting bowled over and always looking for calls, it starts to to grind me the wrong way after a while. And uh, when I start to not like my own players, the way that they're you know physically flopping around or not making the the best use of the situations given to them, yeah, it be it becomes a it becomes a you know a point of contention. And I think we should look for players that uh, are going to stay on their feet, look to create. Not piss and moan when stuff isn't going their way. Maybe like uh, an Eden Hazard. You know, when the hell did that guy ever not just get hacked down and just get on with it? He was always just getting on with it. And we need more guys to take on that sort of mentality and stop lollygagging and dogging around and, and looking for calls instead of just getting up, dusting yourself off and getting back into the play. Too much, too much falling and flailing. Yeah, listen, I'm with you. And um, it's going to be really... I. I it could easily be that he goes somewhere else and then turns into a world beater. Cause you can see it, you can see it, but he's not there yet. And I don't want the log jam anymore. Like we already, we, we have in cuckoo. We have, we just splash cash on Mudrick. We just splash cash on bringing in Matawiki. We have attacking players. We need a, we need a, a, a true striker to compliment that. We still have Raheem Sterling. Like how many other guys do we want to have to play as a attacking winger uh, or an attacking forward? That's not a striker. And then who's just going to be disgruntled like they were this entire year, like as they're trying to manage minutes over the course of the season. I just don't see why we need it. So, yeah, you, you can't spend any reasonable amount of money on that guy. No. And, and, and by the way, you did bring up Raheem. We have to give him a shout out. He was far and away the best player on the pitch uh, yeah. this weekend. Two excellent finishes. The second one was a peach of a, of a finish. It was, it was very well executed. Excellent, excellent goal. Wish we could have, uh, you know, finished it off from there, but we got to give a hat tip to uh, Raheem Sterling. And I'll go out on a limb before we, you know, get into the whole Pochettino thing and continue to elaborate on that. He's definitely my man of the match, as always, brought to you by All Out Fitness. And at All Out Fitness, they're inspiring individuals to be their best selves. Uh, I think that you're going to give it to Raheem, too, because I don't think there's anyone else who even comes close (laughs) to deserving that nod. Yeah, it's by default. I mean, listen, the the, the first goal uh, was set up for him. The second goal was a tremendous finish. 
Um, there was good build-up play on both of them, but this, the, the finish on the second goal was sublime. So it's got to go to him because there was nobody else who really stood out. No doubt. And Shalabad did make a couple of really dangerous runs on the right-hand side. Yeah. He actually w- was way farther forward than he normally is. Uh, hat tip to him. And, you know, a- another Academy product, at least at least he shows a willingness to evolve his game, talking about Trevor Chalaba, and, uh, you know, maybe play in some spaces that he's normally not comfortable playing in. But hat tip to him trying to be a little bit more creative and pressing that back line and trying to make something happen. And uh, he w- was able to put in some pretty dangerous crosses, and he was definitely the reason for that first goal. So uh, hat tip to Trev as well. Um, but, uh, you know, moving moving back into this, this whole Potch thing, I think that there is obviously a, a spot in the side for – Raheem Sterling moving forward. I mean, the guy's making $350,000 a week. He loves being back in London. Uh, He's not in Liverpool anymore. He's not in Manchester anymore. I would say that uh, London is slightly better than those two cities. Having been to both myself, it's easy to understand why someone would want to be, you know, in the, in the capital rather than uh, in in the North. But uh, look, there's a lot of decisions that have to be made and it's nice to finally have, you know, potch into the fold and let's see if this project that we started to build uh, in the first half of the year can actually start to get a solid foundation and we can start to build out and then build up. I am, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. I I think temperament wise, I I do like what potch brings in. Forget about what, what goes on at PSG. PSG is an uncoachable team. Um, He was really solid. With Southampton, he made the best out of a, you know, whatever a Southampton health Southampton situation. He did relatively well there. He developed a lot of good young players there. Uh, with Spurs, you know, my my recollection of our battles with the Pochettino Spurs, dude, they were gritty. I know they didn't they you know they didn't seal anything right. They never got it quite over the line. They had a couple of good Premier League seasons. They got to the finals of the Champions League. They made it to a semifinal of the Champions League. That's pretty goddamn good. That means that you've built a competitive program. They just were never able to push it that one step further. Um, I like the fact that the strengths that he has shown in the teams that he has coached actually fits fairly well for some of the talent that we have in key positions. Like he's always been good developing and accentuating you know, your wingbacks. He's always been good at that. You got your Kyle Walkers. Dude, Danny Rose was really good when he was with Spurs. We have two of the best wingbacks in the Premier League. Um, I think he'll be able to build a more structured program. I think he's going to be a bit more authoritarian as a manager than what we had to experience for the majority of this year, which obviously these guys need. Um, so... I think with all that, there's a lot of good stuff. I would have liked to have brought somebody in who had the type of credentials to, 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 to make you feel comfortable that they can get these guys motivated enough to push it over the line once we get there. Uh, but since there really wasn't anybody of that ilk available, I'm, I'm okay with who we got, and I'm excited to see what we're going to start to look like over the summer. Well, I mean, let's hammer those, uh, those wingback comments right now. So when you're talking about it, you got Malo Gusto coming over. You got Reese James. Finally, we don't feel like Reese James has to play every game and that we're, we're dead without him. Uh, yeah. it, it's it's nice to have, well, Chile hopefully will be back in the fold. I think Lewis Hall is definitely going to gonna step up next season and, and be the uh, the backup to Chile. I think he should be with the, with the side more permanently. Kukurea, 
let's see what actually happens with him. He he's going to be an interesting uh, piece. Whatever we could get back for him wouldn't even approach what we paid. Uh, that that's for sure. But uh, I mean, Ng really likes him. He's uh, N'Golo Conte has said that he's been a you know a big admirer of Poch. I don't know how he necessarily is at developing uh, the midfielders, but uh, he has had some success at, at the other destinations he's been. But, uh, you know, he, he is definitely going to have some respect. And you breached the subject last time. With Potch coming in, you know he's going to least, at least contact Harry Kane and try to, you know, bring him over here. But would he come with no Europe? I don't understand why Harry Kane would, would even want to come here at this point in his career, especially with the, with the you know, sand running through the hourglass on his uh on his time to to win a Champions League or, or or hoist a trophy, do you think you can get a guy like that? Do you even no. want him? I I would absolutely want him. I Harry Kane is like beside Erling Holland, he he's like number two in the book for me because he does everything. He's great in the air. He's a presence. He can do hold up play. He's good with the ball at his feet. He could drive at you. He's obviously can score. I think he's scored over 20 goals like literally every year for the past decade. Um, he's going to ultimately be the probably the highest scorer in the Premier League if he keeps up at this rate. Um, he's amazing. I don't think that they will ever sell him to us under any circumstances. The, the bag of cash can't be big enough. So Spurs, I don't think we're ever going to have a chance to get him. Um, if there was the opportunity... Absolutely, I would do it in a heartbeat because he would anchor our entire attack. He would be the dude. Um, I think there's probably some other options up top that aren't going to cost, you know, as much as some of the really big names that I think could really do well in the role. I, I, the name that keeps coming to mind is Ivan Tony. I, I, I think a guy like an Ivan Tony, who is a proven striker, who's done it in the Premier League, uh, very good on penalties. I think that could be one of these guys where you'll still have to pay to get him out of Brentford, but he could be a capable and official striker that you can use to spearhead the line and then surround him with all those other attackers to be able to actually put some goals in the net. That's a name that just keeps on coming back to me as I continue to think about it. Cause otherwise we're going to drop another hundred and something million dollars on a guy. And we have no idea whether they can perform in the premier league. That's what makes me nervous about Oshiman. Because, yeah. you know, scoring goals in Italy is one thing. Scoring goals in England is a completely different story. And uh, we've talked about this before. I'm a huge Ivan Tony fan. I love him. And he's the type of guy, he fits in anywhere. He fits in anywhere. Big physical presence, can score different types of goals. He's great in the air, too. Got a great right foot. Uh, I really like his style of play. He's very direct. He's a true scorer. And we need somebody who can poach some goals. We haven't had a good old-fashioned poacher. Uh, in, in a really, really long time. And he would definitely do a lot towards alleviating those concerns about having a, a real frontline player. And he's actually great with his back to goal as well. Uh, big, strong guy. Uh, I'm definitely, definitely in the team of uh, Ivan Tony bringing him over to the bridge. I'd love that. Yeah. Again, the more and more I think about it, it's like, yeah, would you love to have like that superstar, big name striker? And then I look at the list and I'm like, and a lot of these guys come with question marks. So it's like if you can spend whatever it may be, 60 or 50 or something like that on an Ivan Tony and pluck him, that just feels more sensible to me now, especially with all the other money that we spent. So I don't know. I mean, listen, you know, Poch and 
Joe Shields and all these other guys, they're going to have to figure out and scout and see who's going to be able to fit what they're looking to get done. Um, but I mean, I just don't know the, 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 the sexy name that feels like the perfect fit. I just don't see him right now. No, agreed. And, and let's, let's be honest. We're not in Europe next year. It's not as desirable a, a destination without Champions League football, certainly without Europa as well. Uh, and, you know, another year into these guys' careers, uh, it's different with very, very young players. But if you're a guy who's hitting his prime and hitting his peak, yeah. you don't want to waste any 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 seasons. You want to make sure that you're you're maximizing every single chance that you have uh, for European success, especially, you know, going into another World Cup cycle here soon. These guys want to show out for their nations and, and put themselves in a position to to represent their national teams. Uh, Euros is coming up next summer. Uh, the, these guys want to want to make it happen. So, um, yeah. let's talk about. But you know, as, as we're as we wrap up, let, let's just talk for one more minute about you know some of the bloated squad situation that we have right now because we're going to have to sell a couple of these academy boys to uh, make up for some of the losses uh, on the books. Uh, I think it, it goes without saying we need to re-sign Mason Mount. We we got to re-sign Mace. Uh, you know, if if he does get sold, that's free money straight back onto the books. But he's not a guy that I think we can really afford to lose. He represents everything that is good about Chelsea. He's an absolutely fantastic player. He's going to have high demand from Premier League clubs all over the place. There isn't a manager on earth that wouldn't want this guy in his side. Uh, and I'm a fan of him, always have been. We've got to keep Mace in the fold. I think that's absolutely, without a doubt, a no-brainer. But to clear up some of that space, you know RLC's got to hit, hit the bricks. Connor's got to hit the bricks. Uh, Pulisic is going to be out. We got to sell some of these guys just to just to create some space because without Europe, there's going to be a whole lot less games to play. And you got to make sure that you're keeping these guys engaged and happy and fit. And uh, right now, we do we use 32 players in the Premier League this year, most by a country mile from anyone. There's no way we can play 32 guys. Impossible. Yeah, and and part of that was a function of the injuries. Part of that was a function of just massive spending in January, which is really uncommon. I mean, with the amount of guys that we brought in, it's like why would you spend all that money if you weren't going to give them minutes? So we ended up just layering in an entire, you know, half of a squad and then had to get these guys incorporated in and get them playing time. I'm with you though. Listen, there's a lot of guys who need to go, whether it's on loan deals, whether it's on permanent deals. I think a lot of them will be permanent, even if we have to take a haircut just to get these people off the books. And in all honesty, in a, in a, in a lot of these positions, we have young players that we've either had loaned out to various clubs um, or coming through the system, and exactly to your point, there's going to be limited minutes to fight for. So I think it would be far better to manage a club and allow a guy like Pachu again, who's been really good with developing young players. He's been very good at this. He's brought the best out of a lot of really young, talented guys out at Southampton. He did the exact same thing at Spurs. So if he can go ahead and say, all right, listen, we're going to drill you guys. You're going to be up with the first team. And if we need to find minutes, then we can go into the Lewis Halls and give them spot starts where they've proven that they can actually play. Right, Levi Colwell, he should be a guy that's back with the squad. Um, Matson, who was just with, uh, who I think was just with Burnley. There are, there are guys that are out there who are talented enough that they deserve a spot on our bench, especially because we're going to have a starting 11 
with maybe one or two guys who we'd expect to come off the bench to be able to consume the majority of the minutes. And then take a guy like Carney. I mean, is, is he a, is he yeah, a loan asset? Please. I mean, he's a guy that's l- got to play. I mean, he, he's fantastic. He just can't spend another season with us withering away on the bench. That guy's got to get on the pitch. He's got to get game experience. I don't care if he goes to Portugal. I don't care if he goes to Italy. I don't care if he goes to Spain. He's just got to play. Uh, he's he's yeah. too talented not to. And we got to keep keep developing these guys uh, because they are legitimate assets. And I want to see Carney thrive in blue. He's still so young. He brings so much to the team. He brings so much energy. Uh, I, I was hoping that we might actually see him uh, a little bit before the season ends. That's not going to happen, but we got to figure out what we're doing with him as well. You're a fan of his, and I definitely like everything about Carney Chukwameka as well. Yeah, he's not a guy you sell. You, if if anything, you loan oh, him out, and you let sold. him get experience elsewhere. He's, yeah, he's he's. I hope he's part of the future. I hope he does develop and become good enough to play on this team. But if not, I mean, at least develop what is a really good talent, so that if you do ultimately need to sell him, his market value is a hell of a lot higher, and you can make. Good change off of the twenty million investment. Oh, no doubt, man. We we there's just a lot that needs to happen, but it is nice to have the manager in the fold. He's not going to be showing up uh, for any of the last three games, which I think is wise. Just stay out, let the let the year play itself out. There's no need to muck everything up even more. Uh, but have a chance to sit back, evaluate the players the way that you like to see them figure out a plan moving forward to address the number nine and see what we're going to do about the back line. Uh, because we need to figure out what formation we're going to be playing. Potch has a lot to sort out, but the good news is this. It's Chelsea football club. we got a lot of resources. We have a lot of talent and there is absolutely no reason why this team as presently constructed with a with an off season and with a new managerial change, can't get back to top four form. Uh, you know, lifting lifting the trophy is is a completely different thing. But let's focus on getting back into Europe and getting back to our winning ways, which is what everybody, ourselves included, all the fans around the world, are so desperately in need of seeing. Amen, buddy. Amen. All right, man. Well, with that. Next match, Sunday, at the Etihad. Oh, God. Please, let us survive that. Hopefully, we can uh, at least put something respectable up there. In the meantime, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but go Real. Never have I ever been a bigger (laughs) Real Madrid fan in my life because I do not want to see Man City winning the treble because the good news is, Arsenal sure as hell ain't winning the league. I think oh, yeah. Can a, we talk about that before on... we go? Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. 100%. Dude, just the amazing meltdown is just fantastic. It's just Listen, you know fantastic. What? Bygones be bygones. Listen, we, we do. This has been the best season ever yeah. for, for Arsenal to, to, to finally get their shot, to have this thing in the bag. I can't believe we didn't bring this up earlier. To have this thing completely in the bag. Yes. And to shit the bed this badly. Oh, my God. The amount of Arsenal fans who talk shit to me uh, for the entirety of this season and to just to see their crimson tears, their crimson tears as they bottle this shit out of this great season. Oh, great it's season. amazing. It's amazing <laughs> because uh, honestly, their misery, you know, one man's pain is another man's pleasure. And boy, oh boy, 
does it make me happy? Just can you imagine <laughs> those guys, especially after today? Fuck. Three nil. Three nil at home to Brighton with everything on the line. You lay an egg like that. I mean, it's the stuff of storybook dreams when you're talking about shitting in somebody's cereal. I mean, it's an <laughs> upper decker of epic proportions. It's just so fantastic. Oh, man. I love when these guys from North London just manage to shit the bed again because I'll just I'll say it one more time because it is such a great joke. What's your best pickup line? They call me Arsenal. I start on top and I finish second. Unbelievable <laughs> hat tip. What a way to close out the show. Go Real. Please beat those bastards from Manchester so I don't have to listen to them talking about trebles or anything like that. I want to see Real Madrid in another final. I just can't have that Manchester City blue hanging high, winning a treble. On our watch. I just never, ever, <laughs> ever want to see it happen. So, God bless. Uh, Please, Luka Modric, come through with some more magic. And send those boys packing. Because I want to see another puddle of tears. I just want it to be sky blue this time. Instead of red. That's beautiful. That's just beautiful. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you. Great breaking down another show with you. Uh, Look, everybody, we always appreciate the likes. We appreciate the subscriptions. Everybody that checks us out on YouTube and all the streaming platforms, check us out on Instagram at America is Blue Podcast. Drop us an email at America is Blue Podcast, gmail.com. Any kind of communication, we appreciate it. All the feedback and all the love. We will talk to you guys next time. We'll be back with more breaking it down next weekend after hopefully we can beat the brakes off of Manchester City. But until then, we love you. Thank you. And America is Blue.